ladies and gentlemen. It is my honor to present to you your hosts for the Married with Board Games podcast, Spencer and Laura Williams. Hello, everyone. I'm Spencer. I'm Laura. And welcome to the Married with Board Games podcast. This is episode 26, Laura, and this is a very special episode. I feel like they all are. Well, this one is super special, and because it's... <laughs> all of my episodes are special in their own way. <laughs> yes. but this one is especially special for, oh. for three reasons. Okay. Number one, we've been doing this podcast for a year now. That's so true. So, uh, September 7th marked our one-year anniversary of the Married with Board Games podcast. Dun, 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 dun. And to commem- Achievement unlocked. Yes. And to commemorate that, I wrote a blog post about the top five things that I have taken away from doing a podcast. So go check it out on our website, marriedwithbg.com. Because it's very insightful. Yeah. What'd you say? And heartfelt. Oh, well, thank you. What can I say? I'm a romantic. <laughs> and then, uh, number two, this episode is releasing on my birthday. Oh. <gasps> Oh my goodness. So happy birthday to me. (laughs) How could I forget? Um, Since you've been reminding me since September the 1st rolled around. I believe it was before that, actually. That's last week of August. That's true. (laughs) Um, I get, I'm, I don't care. I just, I get so excited. Even if it weren't about the gifts, I just, hey, I've been on this earth one more year. You sure have. And I like it. You made another circle around the sun. (laughs) I did. And, um, it's just, it's fun. Okay, so uh, if you see me around on social media, please don't be shy. I would gladly welcome your well wishes for my birthday. He loves it. <laughs> he loves to be the birthday boy I do. and get special attention. No gift required, just a simple happy birthday will do. That's right. Okay, and finally, um, we have a special guest, two special guests on the we show today. Do. Some dear friends of the podcast. Yes, um, so Morgan and Eddie. They have this channel. It's like a social media, but it's YouTube. We'll have to clarify with them how they classify themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's called Nerd Wife, Nerd Life. And they're like us. Yeah. They, they uh, chronicle their times playing board games. Yes. And um, they've only been in, in it for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're Morgan and Eddie. What would you call their, their celebrity couple name? Would it be Meddy? Because oh. ours is ours is Spara, which is yeah. pretty awesome. I don't think you can top Spara. I, I think... It'd have to be Medi. Medi, okay. Yeah. So we'll be talking to Medi a little bit later on in the show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, he totally went there. I did. And um, so stick around for that. They're going to tell us about their experience at Gen Con. Yes, since we had to live vicariously through them. Yes. And so they're going to tell us what it was like and then also their favorite games that they demoed. When new games we haven't been able to get out that aren't in the wild yet. Excited, excited to hear about those. Very cool. So before we get to that, though, we're going to talk about some games, do some reviews, and then we'll do uh, a, a game night grub segment for you. Yes. Laura's got a delicious one for you. Mm-hmm. Tasty. So um, let's start off. Mm-hmm. Let's start the show off with a a hot game. Oh, it is extremely hot. <laughs> Red hot, burning up, and that is hot shots. Well, it's one word. So hot shots. Okay. And that's, you, you can't say hot shots because it's one word. I can do what I want. This is America. That is true. And no one will stop you except for the person editing this podcast. Oh, <laughs> so, uh So that's hot shots from Fireside Games. <laughs> Fireside. Yeah, it's perfect. 
<laughs> All right, so the premise of the game is what, Laura? Um, you are actually wildfire fighters. So think like, um, unfortunately, the devastation that is being wrought on our West Coast right now, mm-hmm. up in the Pacific Northwest, a lot of um, wildfires, forest fires, um, that takes a special skill set and um, a special training to uh, deal with that kind of fire. And so that's what you're going to be doing in this game. You have characters. Um, I, If you need to, you can compare it in this way to Flashpoint that mm-hmm. you have specific firefighters who have specific skills. Well, not but just Flashpoint, but any like pandemic or any co- cooperative game like that. Right. But that's where it ends is they've got their own specific thing. Um, in those games, it has to do with movement and your actions and whatnot. And in this game, it usually has to, I mean, two of the main guys who are like super important have to do with their, when they roll these dice. Oh, you're talking about their special abilities. Yes. The the abilities that they use are different from what those other games do. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's, let's jump back a little bit. Uh, this game is... There are tiles laid out, which mm-hmm. it's really cool that in the rule book they uh-huh. give you different scenarios and you can lay the tile out the tiles out in different ways, like yeah. um, different um, locations yeah. to simulate. Yeah, so they give you a basic, a standard. They're they're hex tiles, and you mm-hmm. give they give you a standard setup, and then um, if you master that, you can move on to more challenging or just to vary it up. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do how they suggest, or you can make up your own. There's really no limitations on how you create your own map. Right, and then there are specific tiles that have to start with flames on them. Yes. They are already on fire when the Mm -hmm. game starts, and um, from there you can move two tiles except through fire. If Mm -hmm. you move to a tile with fire, you have to stop there, Mm -hmm. and then you get these uh, dice and you roll them, and what you're trying to do is, to the best of your ability, a match... What is on the tile that you are on, there are, are dice at the bottom uh, showing you what results you want to get and you want to match those results in order to be able to resolve what's happening on that tile. Right. Um, and so what I was talking about with those abilities was some of these guys can flip um, one certain face over to another face and vice mm. versa, right. which is very useful. Right. And some of those symbols are like a rake or they're all tools that you a rake, would use. A to shovel. A hose. Um Right. All uh, tools you would use to put out fire. Yes. And then, um, but there are some people who do something different, like the character that I chose. Because um, after you resolve your die roll, which um, it's really neat. You have a very nice little player aid um, that, first of all, tells you the specific um, ability that your character has. But also, uh, if you, you, can't, you don't have to try to match up all of the dice. Mm-hmm. This isn't like Elder Sign where you have to match all of those up. This well, is something where you want to match as many as possible because right. as you roll the dice, you want to be able to set some aside that match up. And this is where it's kind of press your luck. The more that match up with what's on that tile, um, the better reward that you get if that's removing fire tokens and putting down um, fire breaks and whatnot. They give you more the more you match up but if you continue rolling and then you can't match anymore you can't you don't bank any of that it's all for naught and you cause basically a flare-up or a explosion whatever you add more 
add more fire yeah. to the board. If you fail at your roll, you add more fire. Uh, and another one of the rewards is a, is a um, well, it's like a reward token that you can use later on in the game that helps you out. Um, but yeah, like like you said, the more successes you roll, you get better rewards. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you're pushing your luck because, like you said, if you don't roll any of those symbols on one of your rolls, mm-hmm. you fail and you then nothing you haven't happens kept, yeah. comes from your rolling. Um, and then after that, you have to draw a card that tells you how to spread the fire. Mm-hmm. Which my firefighter's ability, I was the spotter. So I was able to actually draw two cards and just pick whichever one I wanted to play immediately and put the other one back on top of the deck. And um, so that was different from those other two of getting to change the die results. Well, and some of the examples of those cards that you might see are the wind, because there's a wind mechanism in this too. There's a little flag that denotes which direction the wind is blowing. And so one of those cards might change the direction of the wind. And as that does, you place more fire tokens in the direction of the wind well a lot of them do it's that they're different wind speeds yeah so there's a light gust and then there's a strong gust Mm -hmm. and um, a heavy gust sometimes there are embers that fall down and spread to a different tile that was not previously on fire and uh, different things like that and each tile has a number on it that's pretty much the quota it's the scorch of, limit of how many yeah. fire tokens can be on that before it's toast yeah or scorched and um once you reach that you have to flip that tile over uh, once there are eight scorched tiles game's over and you lose yeah. but you or win if you can get all of the fire tokens off the board you win yeah yeah well the neat thing is each of those tiles are all unique Right, all of the mm-hmm. symbols at the bottom. No, no two tiles are the same. Right. Um, the scorch limits. You know, there might be some that have four, or might have some that have five. But you know, as far as what symbols you're trying to roll, also some have a little symbol in the corner that will say, you know, if this tile gets scorched, you can't use, for example, this specific firefighter's ability anymore. Mm-hmm. It's done. Or you can't use those special ability tokens that you might have acquired through the game. You can't use those anymore. Well, and there's also um. Kind of like an airport. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Yes. There's a helicopter and an airplane, kind of like a crop duster thing. And a truck. And a fire truck. Mm -hmm. And um, you're the one that actually made it there, and you got to use those tokens. Yeah. So so what they do is they each do something different. The airplane can fly, like, in... So basically, you can put out fire in three sequential uh, tiles. Mm -hmm. One in each tile. Then they went in a one direction. Yes, yes. They have to be in a line. In a line, or they can kind of make a oh, curve. It can curve. Yeah, yeah but no a, like triangle type shape. It's got to either curve or go straight. Which I appreciate that. That's yeah. what you would do with the plane. So yeah, that, that feels thematic. Right. Um, and then the helicopter is like just a, a bucket you just dump, so you can put out like up to three tiles or three fire tokens on one, mm-hmm. one space. And then the truck goes around, and you can put down multiple fire breaks. Uh, mm-hmm. down between tiles to help stop the spread of fire. Uh, thing is about those, though, they're one-time use only. So once you use them, they're done. True. And there's even a tile that there are power lines. Mm-hmm. And so the airplane and the helicopter yeah. can't fly out right. there yeah. because they'll get caught in the power lines. So mm-hmm. I really, they, they really did it, a great job of sticking with the theme. It's very thematic. And then there's even a tile that's a lake that you can't move on to it. But if you're beside it, you're adjacent to it, it helps you. Basically, if you were to roll and fail, you get a do-over. And so you don't, get to, you don't have to worry about you know, causing a flare-up. You can roll again. 
Or also, it doesn't catch fire. It does catch fire. Yeah. You can also uh, use aid from other firefighters. So if multiple firefighters are on a tile, the same principle applies where if there were, if Laura and I were on the same tile and I were to fail, I could re-roll again because she was on the tile. She's helping me out. Mm-hmm. If the lake is beside us, I could do that again. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of thematic elements to this game. Mm-hmm. Um, very difficult. Uh, yes, play it, it was. I haven't been able to win yet. Um, and it's it's one to four player, totally co-op, um, and and I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a very complex game. No, not um, at all. What I like is, you know, when you think fire game, firefighting game, you think Flashpoint, but this is nothing like Flashpoint. No. Um, because of the dice rolling. I, the way I compare it is it's like if you combine like almost like a pandemic style game with like Escape, Curse of the Temple, or Flatline where you're trying to roll dice and match the symbols, but there's no real-time element to it, mm-hmm. so you can take your time. Yeah, well, and you're, I feel like even though you're rolling those dice mm-hmm. maybe several times, it's still a, a quick turn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the turns move very quickly. Yeah. You don't get stuck. It's not bogged down in a bunch of steps on your turn. Mm-hmm. You move, you roll, draw a card, you're done. Yes. It's great. Um I really enjoy it. I like the quality of those fire tokens. The 3D fire tokens are really neat. Yes. Um, I definitely want to play it some more to be able to win, try to formulate a strategy. Yeah, and try out some other abilities. Yeah, ab- abilities and maybe some more map layouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one we're definitely going to be doing a full video review on. Um, but right now, this is a great option for you know a very easy to learn, very um, you know quick moving cooperative game. If you like rolling dice. Also, it doesn't take up a whole lot of room on the table. Right. I want to add that well, as well. Well, I also appreciate, I don't know what it was about this, but most games where you're putting tiles together, they move around a lot. I never really experienced many. Maybe it's because of the felt on our tile, on our table. But I think so, because in the middle, I noticed it because when like a tile in the middle got mm-hmm. scorched and we had to flip it over. Oh, okay. We were trying to get it, you know, right, try to get right, to it right. and pull yeah. it out. It was a little difficult. But at the same time, you know, it does allow for that variability in the map setup so it's not always the same shape True. you can change the shape so i do appreciate that mm-hmm. yeah right. and that's hot shots from fireside games cool next um is one that um boy has been on my radar for a while it's just taken a while to, to acquire and that's champions of midgard uh, this is by gray fox games and also one of my um I don't know if you'd say favorite, but I really appreciate... I haven't played enough of his games to say if he's a favorite or not. Right. But everything we've played, I've enjoyed, which is two games at this point. And that's Oli Steinus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he designed Police Precinct. We have another one of his games called Spurs. We haven't got it to the table yet. Right. We're hoping too soon. But uh, this is Champions of Midgard. Uh, so this is a, a worker placement game that's Viking-themed. And what you're doing is really essentially the, the what you want to do is is fight monsters. Gotten and, and, and a, tr- a troll, troll yeah. and other so, creepy things. So you've got a board with a point track around it, um, and you've got places around the board where you can send your workers to. Uh, you've got things like um, pick up food. You got things that pick up um, different warriors, different types of warriors, which because is, your dice. Yes, your warriors are represented by dice, and there are three different types in the base game. There's a white, black, and red. Uh, there's a swordsman. There's an axeman, and then there's a spearman, or whatever the actual terms are called. But all the faces on these dice are different. They have different amounts of successes, mm-hmm. fails. Um, the ones that that cost more to acquire are better, obviously. 
Um, so you want to acquire these these Vikings, these dice, and then there are places on the map you can go out. You can either go fight a troll, you can go fight a Draugr. Um, when you fight and beat these monsters, what you'll do is you're going to choose how many um, Vikings you're going to you're going to your warriors you're going to use. How you, many you're sending into yeah, battle? You roll them, see how many successes you have. Compare that to the the level of the monster. If you beat it, great. Uh, if not, you can keep trying until either. But you... But they're also expendable. Well, yeah, exactly. So if you if you keep trying, or you can keep trying until you are out of warriors, and then once you're out, you're done. But you... each time you lose one, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, depending on how many damage the monster deals is how many you lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really one of the biggest ways to get points is by fighting monsters. Um, you can go get a ship and fight even more. Uh, deadly, dangerous monsters in far-off lands. Um, and, you know, there are some things like get cards that are special conditions that you get points for at the end of the game mm-hmm. or um, things like that. But all in all, it's a very straightforward worker placement game um, with with dice. And, and I really enjoyed this one. I like... Um, it's a different way of thinking. Um, if some, some might... The comparison always, is always made between this and Lords of Waterdeep. Um, it's it's different because in Lords of Waterdeep, you know, you have to acquire. Basically, it's a resource acquiring thing. Yeah. Where you just have to get the certain number of cubes to fulfill this quest, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in this one, you have to really plan about what types of dice you're getting, how many you have. You have to also get food in order to pay for those. Because when, when you go off in those far off lands, you have to have enough food to feed your Vikings. Well, you can also acquire the first player mm-hmm. token, which comes into play as well because you mentioned that troll the thing is <laughs> somebody has to go and fight that troll every yeah. round and if it doesn't get beat which includes if somebody goes and fights it or not because so even if a person goes and fights it they can still lose everyone takes blame tokens yes yeah. and um but if you're the person that went and fought it and you win you mm. don't take a blame token but everyone else will well, yeah but you don't get as big of rewards from fighting him as you do going and doing druggers or sailing away. Like you said, sail away, (laughs) sail away. (laughs) That's all I can think of now. And so, um, if you're the first player though, you can get the heck out of Dodge and leave it for someone else to do, you know, Mm -hmm. because, or they might, somebody you're leaving it up to chance. Also, somebody might be like, eh, I don't really care. I can take the blame. And then there's no one fighting. Right. And then everybody gets blamed. Yes. So it, my, my assessment of this game is I really enjoy it. Um, it really is a good standard worker placement game. You know, you put your worker down, you get the reward or do the action where you place your worker. Um, and I don't agree that this is just Lords of Waterdeep with dice. You know, I feel like maybe it's just from your first description, it's mm-hmm. the appearance of the board. The boards look very similar. That's true. With the... Point track around the edge. In the same shape too, long and skinny. Yes, and that it's an it's a map, and that you go on to those. I I wonder if that's part of it. That's part of it. Is it just an appearance? Yeah. So basically, I really enjoy this. Um, I have a lot of fun with this one. Um, If y'all would recommend one or the other, I mean, I. I'm fully fine with having both. Mm-hmm. They're different themes, mm-hmm. both different styles of strategy, I think. And um, think of it this way. You know, if you like dice, 
go for Champions of Midgard. If you like rolling, taking those chances. Of, yeah. Or if you don't like that, you're more about, you know, planning your actions to require the right kind of resources to fulfill certain quests. Go for uh, Lords of Waterdeep. But if you like both, then get both. <laughs> and they just released some brand new expansions for Champions of Midgard uh, that will add some things. And I'm looking forward to trying those out later on down the line after we get some good plays in, uh, some more good plays in of Champions of Midgard. Uh, but um, two thumbs up from me. How about you? I think I need to play it more. I only yeah. played once. Yeah. And um, my initial reaction is, and maybe it's just a first player thing. Mm-hmm. I don't feel, I feel like I just need one more worker. Oh, okay. Well, that's Which you, what, can you can acquire them. You can buy them. I know. Yeah. But that takes a turn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make those choices, those tough choices. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Laura will play it some more, and then uh, perhaps we will do a, a video review on that one. We'll see. Uh, but I really like it, and that's Champions of Midgard from Gray Fox Games. All right. So since we have those special guests coming into the show later, we need to move on to this episode's Game Night Grub. Mm. All right, so um, we tested this one out on Cthulhu Game Day, and um, it's called Skinny Green Chili Chicken Dip. So kind of think like green chili chicken enchiladas, Mm -hmm. but in dip form. I'm thinking. And and you're thinking, "Mm, Mm mmm, tasty. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's a pretty... Simple recipe. Um, the thing that was misleading to me, though, is some of it does need it does need to sit in the crock pot for a little bit. And for this, um, for what the recipe calls for, you're going to want a smaller crock pot. If you're doubling it, possibly even like tripling it, you might be able to go for like your big standard regular sized crock pot. But for this one, you need to go for small because um, it, it's just got four ounces of cream cheese. So not even a full serving. Um uh, some non-fat Greek yogurt, green enchilada sauce, uh, diced green chilies. I actually did a little bit more than it called for, and I think it still needs more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it calls for seven and a half ounces. I might bump that up to 10 ounces next time because I did eight ounces just because I could only find two four-ounce cans. <laughs> and then um, shredded chicken and... Freshly grated Monterey Jack cheese and uh, let some of that, let that simmer in the crock pot on low for two hours. And then I put it in a nice little, our little handy skillet that you procured for us a while back that I've been doing dips in lately. It's really nice. It makes them look so nice and um, restaurant quality to put them in there and then put them in the oven for a little while. Let them get nice and brown, golden brown on the top. Um, Now, is that required from the recipe. Yes, it okay. did tell you. It just said put it in an oven safe dish. Okay. And I just thought it would look good in the skillet. Mm-hmm. And um, serve with tortilla chips. What'd you think? Chip it, chip, dip it, dip it. Enchilada, enchilada. <laughs> no, okay. So I'll, that was probably the last time I'll refer to that joke from please, a long time ago. Please. Okay. I don't even remember what the correct terms were. Anyway. No, it's good. It's really good. Needs um, more well, green see, chili. That's the thing is when I hear chilies, and maybe I'm wrong on this because your mother corrected me and said green chilies aren't supposed to be spicy. 
I've always thought that they were. I guess maybe I'm thinking of hatched cream chilies. They are a little spicier. Yeah. And that's, I don't know how widespread Mm -hmm. those are available. Right. I know that here in our part of Texas, it's only a certain season that we can get them. Right. But I think in other places, you can probably get them year round, Mm -hmm. like Hatch, New Mexico. Yeah. (laughs) So I really, it's really good. I w- my personal preference for just a little bit more of a kick to it. Okay. But otherwise, it's really good, and I right. ate a lot of it. I, there is some. There was a pepper that I asked you mm-hmm. to go get for me. Cumin. Right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit more cumin in mm-hmm. there too. Um, but I agree. I wish I had some more of that flavor mm-hmm. to it. Um, so maybe touch less Greek yogurt next time. Yeah, our friend did put some uh, salsa on top of it. And he said it was really good. Yeah. So maybe if we tried the hat. Some uh, medium salsa. Yeah. Um, my thing with these dips, and it's killing me, is, you know, I have a kind of a sensitive mouth for food that's temperature hot. Like, mm-hmm. I like spicy food. But food that's temperature hot and, like, the roof of my mouth is burning. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like to get it too quickly after it's come out of the oven. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these dips I've been making lately, they call for a good layer of cheese on the top. And if you don't eat it very quickly, cheese. that cheese is hard, yeah. and you end up breaking your chip trying to get it out. That's and the... that, that, oh, don't uh, get me started. It's <laughs> <laughs> the absolute worst. Like with Texas trash dip, too, yeah. that's always my problem. Um, so it's just, you got to find a happy medium with that. Yeah. And I mean, I know we've had a listener before who said they burned their mouth. On so, something else. So, so please what, don't do that with this. What I tried with this one was I like cut like a little like, did piece you get a of the cheese out? out. Yeah, I cut around the edge of the cheese where yeah. I dipped my chip in so that way when I dipped it, the cheese came with it instead of... Right, because, I mean, that's not the only cheese on the top. There is cheese mixed throughout yeah. the dip as well, mm-hmm. so you wouldn't be missing out too much. Right. But yeah, um, this turned out well. We liked it, and um, next time I do want to get some actual hatch green chilies some fire roasted hatch green chilies and try it in this recipe but this was a good one yeah um it's a standard dip so you may not want it around your games Mm -hmm. uh that's totally up to your discretion ours was in another room right but um if you want the full recipe you can check it out in the show notes for this episode at marriedwithbg.com All right, so as we promised in our intro, we have some really great friends of the podcast on with us today. Um, We have Morgan and Eddie George that are that actually got to go experience Gen Con and are going to tell us their Gen Con experience. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hey, hello. Well, so we we we've introduced you, but some people might not know who you are. So, um, what is it that you do? How first of all, how did you? How do we even know you? (laughs) <laughs> how uh, does Mary with War Games know you guys? Well, we know. We yeah. Why don't y'all tell everybody else how we became acquainted? Um, so Eddie and I have been playing games uh, together for just over a year. Um, right before we got married, we started playing board games. And then in November, I decided I really liked taking pictures of the games we were playing and sharing them. So I created an Instagram and then... Um, of course, started following reviewers and found Married with Board Games and mm-hmm. appreciated the things they had to say and then eventually created a Twitter. And then once we um, went to Gen Con, created a highlight video and YouTube was born from that. So we're just internet users who like to share the games we're playing. 
That's that's a good term. Internet users. What's what's an acronym for that? Internet users. I don't waste everybody's time. But so <laughs> you mentioned that highlight video. It's a great video. Um, it's good for anybody to go check out to see some sights and sounds at Gen Con. Um, see some of the spectacle behind the scenes. Um, so for everybody else, what is your YouTube channel called? What are all of your what's, what's your handle yeah. and everything? Nerd Wife, Nerd Life is the title of everything. Um, that was our wedding hashtag, and so I couldn't come up with anything more clever at the time, so we've gone with it. What's well, um, it's very clever. I thank love you. it. Me too. Yeah. Um, and so I think on on Twitter, if I'm remembering correctly, I should have written this down. Um, it's in RD uh, wife in RD life, so it doesn't have the vowels in nerd. Um, oh, and okay. Instagram, it's got underscores instead of spaces and those things. But I'm pretty sure if you just type anything in, we, we pop up pretty quickly. I'm sure if they uh, stalked your followers as well, they'd probably be able to find us pretty easily. Well, yeah, and, and we'll also be sure to... Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll also be sure to put links in the, uh, the description of the show for everyone to easily find you. Well, and I just have to throw in, I was super excited, and I was like, oh, Spencer, Spencer, look, 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 when you made your logo... Oh, yeah. With the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. I really got cool. so excited. And I was like, look at our logo. It's so awesome. Thanks. Well, <laughs> well, and before we get it even further, I do want to thank y'all on air. Um, listeners, Morgan's done uh, some great – Some she's been a big help to us. She's She offered to uh, to help us out any way she could. So she created – she's created our uh, title slides and all of our reviews um, that looks really great. And every so if time you hate them, they're my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. So any... I think they, and especially lately, we've been doing so many tiling games. If yeah. it's perfect with the That's true. hexes <laughs> yes. in there, it's really awesome. Yeah, but it's it's she she's awesome. Anytime we've got some reviews coming up, I say, hey, we've got these. Do you think you can get these in? Sure, no problem. I'll get them done. And and she's really quick. And and um, they've always been great about sharing our content. So we want to thank you guys uh, for supporting us and doing everything that you've done for us we really appreciate it yeah no problem i love it awesome well let's get into the good stuff gen Gen con Con 50 (laughs) it was the 50th gen con we could not be there laura unfortunately right luckily morgan and eddie were there yes so we got to live vicariously through your um social media posts so as first timers what we'd like to know is just what are your overall impressions of the show um, I would say overall, we had an absolutely fantastic time. Um, I don't think there was a single thing that we could have reasonably hoped had gone better. Um, awesome. yeah, we ended up staying in an Airbnb in Indianapolis. Like we were a little bit worried that we wouldn't be able to find a hotel room, but we got a really good deal on an Airbnb that was pretty close to the convention center. Um, and that was awesome. Um, there so was a positive experience with an Airbnb. Yep. Yeah, our host was awesome. Um, our room was great, and it was close enough that it didn't take too long. That was uh, also our first experience with that. We'd never used Airbnb, and yep. I was a little nervous. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would be I would, too. Yes, exactly. So I'm glad that it worked well for y'all. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. We'll probably use it again if yep. we have to travel, especially for cons, because for us, we knew we were going to be out early and we were going to be back late. And mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we it, got a really cheap perfect. hotel. We got a really cheap hotel for Dice Tower Con for the same reasons. You know, we didn't spend much time there. So, uh, yeah, awesome. Well, so what? I, I interrupted you. Where, where else were you going with that? Oh no, as, as far as the actual uh, convention, there were, I think there were a lot of things that we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, like for example, like Gen Con, you think of just you know tens of thousands of people there. 
And so we figured, you know, anything that we want to do, we're going to have to wait in line for for a while or have to get there early to get, um, you know, in line for a copy of a hot game or something like that. Right. Um, but and there were definitely a lot of people there, but it never felt like too crowded. I don't know. It just didn't okay. feel like there were as many people there as we expected to be. I fully expected to do the penguin shuffle all day long, <laughs> just like moving inches at a time. And I guess like everyone was saying, it's going to be so crowded. It's going to be so packed. So we just, I guess, overestimated. So we're probably the only people in the world who said that Gen Con was not as packed as they expected. <laughs> you know, but... I've, I've heard the same thing from other people too. Um, That's so good to I, know I don't think that we're you're not alone. Crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I honestly, I pictured the same thing as what you're describing, Morgan. And then when Spencer was telling me about how many they let in, I was like, well, I mean, of course, they, the fire marshal probably set a cap to how many people they could have there. And then just they themselves probably went, we're setting our own personal cap because how can you play games with that many people in here? And mm. so I'm, I'm glad that it worked out because I would have been I was afraid to be overwhelmed at that. But mm. then. Your expectations were so high, you're like, oh, this isn't exactly. so bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was definitely like as soon as we walked in and it was an adjustment of like, all right, you grab my shoulder and I'm just going to walk forward. If we get separated, meet back at this spot. But it it really wasn't that bad of, of a situation. We just got where we were going and you just have to be patient. And there were flows of traffic. It was like schools of fish. You just kind of had to find, merge into traffic. And I'm mixing You had to jump into the EAC. But... Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Very cool. So let's see. Were there any games that you knew of that you wanted, you felt like, I have to have this, that you rushed to get in line for? I don't... Uh, the, the only one that we did that for, I think, was Clank in Space. And okay. that's mainly just because it got announced like the day before right so that was the first thing we did when we got there but actually on thursday we ended up getting there an hour later than we planned to (laughs) because (laughs) we we just assumed indianapolis was on central time we didn't look it up and we just we got there and we were like waiting for our phones to change and they never did So wow. we were we were we were a little disappointed, but we we got in there and there were still plenty of them available. There were a couple of games like that that we thought we wouldn't even have a chance to get, like um, Twilight Imperium Four, uh-huh. and we just kind of wandered around and ended up being able to pick up basically everything we wanted to. So that's just awesome. A, yeah, it was just a matter of being patient and knowing right. what you wanted and prioritizing. I think mm-hmm. that's really cool and well and planning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Planning. yeah. Well. I think, well, I've got another question, Laura, you feel free to uh, ask one after this, but I want to know if you had like, what what is your major highlight of the entire show? Is there one thing that you, you, you can look at and just be like, man, when that happened or when we did that, that's just the one thing I'll never forget. I'll, I'll go first because we might overlap on this one. But um, there was a really cool – we had a really cool opportunity um, at the Leader Games booth. We got to meet Patrick Leader who um, did Vast the Crystal Caverns, mm-hmm. um, which is a game that we both really like. And it was actually the first game that we backed on Kickstarter. And it was really cool because he was there um, demoing like just a prototype version of his next game, which is Vast the Mysterious Manor. And it was all just, like, pieces that he had kind of, like, put together and... Uh, Printed off at the computer and yeah, pasted we, and taped. Yeah, we sat down to play and we didn't we didn't realize that he was even Patrick Later. He, we just thought he was, like, a demoer for this... <laughs> That's really cool. ...this game. Yeah, and it was really cool just to sit down and talk to him about the game and, and 
see all the new stuff that he's doing and how casual he was talking about just like changing elements of the game. Um, I remember one part, I was playing the role of the manor. So I was moving <laughs> around all these tiles that we were playing on. And I had two different units that I could summon. And one was like a ghoul and one was like a specter. I don't remember the actual names. But they did two different things and I kept getting them mixed up. And he said, yeah, a lot of people are getting those mixed up. I might just, you know, scrap those and make it one unit instead. And I just thought it was so funny, like how nonchalant he was about just changing yeah. like big elements of the game based on designing on the fly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I thought was that was really that cool. using that as like playtesting too. Yeah, a little bit. Neat. That's awesome. What about you, Morgan? I'm going to save mine for okay. our top five. Okay. Oh, it's coming that you like may not have twist. said, but I'm going to say yes. it. Mystery Plot time. Twist. I like Plot it. twist and cliffhanger. Yes. <laughs> uh, what's the thing where you like, it's, what's at the end of a season? It's like, is it at a cliffhanger? Yeah. Where it's like, okay, never mind. Good job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my vocabulary is there, but it never comes at the right times. So. <laughs> So, Laura, do you have anything else to ask before we get into their top fives? I'm sorry. I need to get to the top five oh, now. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, well hold, hold, slow your roll. Do you all have anything else you want to share about, I mean, just a generic, you know, experience, maybe just some quick advice or, you know, would you recommend? What would be the one huge piece of advice you would give people going to Gen Con for the first time? I think it can seem really intimidating. Like there's so much to do. If you look at the event list, it's really hard to like just wade through everything to find stuff that um, might fit your interests. But I think it was definitely worth it. It was a really positive experience. And if it's something that at all interests you, you should try to make it at some point. It's a really good experience. We hear that, Laura. I guess we better go next year. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What about Morgan? Maybe she has a piece of advice too. Thanks, Laura. You're welcome. Slow your roll. Sorry, my roll is slowing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, hmm. She's like, I'm going to save that for my top five. (laughs) That's number two. Um, No, I think it's just um, always emotionally prepare yourself for what you're about to go into, specifically for Gen Con. Um, For both of us, I think we're really, we're pretty reserved people. Um, I'm the more outgoing one of the two. Um, but we had to kind of prepare ourselves going in of like, all right, there will be a lot of people and there will be a lot of things going on. And we are excited about this. But to also just kind of like in the moment when there are people pushing past you or when you're standing at a demo table for 45 minutes hoping to get a try of a game and then the demo or just looks past you and looks at the person who walked up five seconds later and was like, uh. oh, would you like to demo this? And being like, it's OK, like. There are so many other things going on. And so just being like in the moment and very patient with the experience and not getting overwhelmed. That I, Just chill out. That's my advice. Wow. If if you could see me, I <laughs> will be giving you a standing ovation. Um, <laughs> I think I need a shirt that says Morgan says relax <laughs> to wear to Gen no, Con. But that's great advice, right? Because I that's what I my biggest problem is I get so worked up real easy. Yeah. I'm like, oh it's my gosh, the there's not going to be any games speak. left. Yeah. <laughs> or the, what, the, what, 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 they got in front of us and we were here first. And yeah, um, there are so many people I'm going to die. You know, I, I get worked up. <laughs> and so I think that's perfect advice to just say, chill, take it one thing, slow your roll, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> Laura, that shirt would actually say, Morgan says, Eddie says, 
relax because he always has to tell me that I get worked up very easily so he's he's the calm one in the family okay okay (laughs) I like it (laughs) well thank y'all for sharing that um really appreciate it and I think that's great to have that insight you know you can you can hear podcasts from people that have been year after year after year after year and you just don't know what their impressions are you know how that kind of aligns with you but it's great to hear you know a first time couple's experience and be able to think, okay, that's, they can do it. I can do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And that was like one of the best parts was I got to go with my best friend and I always had somebody to play a game with always, you know, had somebody to tell me to chill out or, you know, balance (laughs) out. And so that was definitely, we actually went as part of our first wedding anniversary. And so congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) On your first year. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely something if you've if you have a spouse who will do it with you, absolutely. That's one of the best things you can do, I think. Well, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Go to Gen Con with your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so we got out. We were talking about awesome things. Let's talk about some more awesome things in the form of a top five list. So uh, before the show, we asked Morgan and Eddie to come up with their top five games that they played, whether it was a demo or a full playthrough. You know, just the games themselves, what were their top five that they played at the show? Now, did y'all do two different lists or did you do a joint list? We did two different lists. Okay. Well, Laura and I, we're just going to sit back here and listen to you and we might (laughs) ask a question, but we'll let you do the work now and we'll just enjoy. Right. Take it away, Morgan and Eddie. Go in whatever order you want to go in. All right. You first. All right. um, So I will start. Um, My approach to creating my top five was um, way more emotional and memory based. Um, As far as the experience I had, there's a couple that are purely game on there for for the game itself. But um, anyways, my top five or my number five is Indulgence by Restoration Games. And Mm, um, this was my first experience. Um, at a trick-taking game, mm-hmm. um, and I was very nervous about it. Um, so we actually met Jeff and Rose from Rolly Matrimony. Um, Rolly can... Matrimony! Woo! Shout out! <laughs> Shout out! Um, and they were fantastic. Um, they helped um, guide us over to the hot games room, and um, one of the games we got to try there was Indulgence. And so, like I said, I was really nervous um, because I've heard from many people that um, trick- trick-taking games can can be somewhat tricky. Pun intended, um, to <laughs> to grasp um, if you're a lot of people grew up playing them, um, and so I was a little nervous about that. Um, but it ended up being fantastic. It's, um, I mean, not, not that I've had a ton of experience with trick taking games now, but it's at the top of my list. So it's um, your favorite trick taking game of all time. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Um, and it didn't help, or it didn't uh, hurt that I did win the first game that we played. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was really fantastic. Um, the component quality was, like, it could have just been cards and cardboard, but through and through, like, they just had everything. And there's these big, chunky, like, gems, and mm. um, the cards are are really big and really um, visible. And, and I, I'm a sucker for, like, I love when the inside of boxes have art, and this Ooh. one just has very subtle art. And so... Um, it just has become one that we did get to play a full version of it um, and, and purchased a copy of it there. And so that was, that was my top five or my number Do, five. I'm having doesn't, it come with, doesn't it come with a ring? Yes, it does. Yes. Uh, if you would like to uh, sin or go against uh, 
the rule for that. Shoot the moon, yeah. Yeah, shoot the moon, then you can become the sinner. Um, yeah. <laughs> Indulge. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's great. You know, I, I've had some reservations, too, like you, about trick-taking games, but I'd like to give that one a try based on that. That sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so my number five is Gaia Project by Z-Man. Mm. Um, Gaia Project is basically... Oh, I just forgot the name. Terra Mystica. Terra Mystica. <laughs> it's Terra Mystica in space. Um, I love Terra Mystica. And yeah, Guy Project is, is is a bit more updated. There are a few differences um, besides it just being in space. Um, there are like satellites that you can build that help you connect to other planets. There are um, some wild planets that anyone can terraform on. There's There are... Uh, just a just a handful of like quality of life changes it seems like and I I really liked um, what they did there some of like the the cult tracks in the original Terra Mystica just sometimes feel like they're only there for points like they don't mm-hmm. matter until the very end of the game right um, but in Gaia Project instead of it being cult tracks they're s- different sciences and so as you level up in each science you get Uh, different bonuses that you can immediately take advantage of as opposed to it just kind of being a race for the most points at the very end of the game. Um, I'm not sure this is coming out, I think at Essen. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it's different enough to warrant us having both of them. Oh, Um, Terra Mystica is currently in our collection. Yeah. Um, And the, the new pieces are really cool. They're very detailed kind of space um, uh, colony looking pieces. Um, but they're plastic and I think I really like the, like the original wooden pieces in Terra Mystica, but, uh, it was a really fun, uh, fun time. We played it with our, um, our friend Nathan Fawcett was there. We met up with him and played, played some of that and it was, it was a good time. So number five. That's awesome. So my question for you is, is it, I don't know, we played Terra Mystica and it, 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 it was one of our first, like, really you know, heavier games. Mm-hmm. So is this, like, any the same weight, or are there some parts about it that are a little bit easier, or is it about the same? I, I would say it's about the same. The core okay. mechanics of the game are basically exactly the same. Okay. Um, it's just in space, and there are a few different currencies, but most of the rest of the game is pretty standard. I would say it feels a little more streamlined too, like that power system. So they've they've adjusted it. So there's actually some ways that you can regain power back into your bowls, um, mm. if you're familiar with Terra Mystica. And so that you can expel it, but then also bring it back in later. And it, so it just kind of gives this more fluid use of that power, yeah. in my opinion. Um, so I would definitely say that was a, it made it easier to understand how I can utilize that better and more consistently. Oh, well, hey, Essen's a little while away, and you still have time to think on, <laughs> would this be in our, should this be in our collection? But I'm, that was going to be, when you started saying that, my first question of how do they compare? So I'm glad that you yeah. clarified that. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for sharing yep. that. All right, so that was number five from the two of you. I mean, we're already starting off great. Yeah. I can't wait to hear the rest of the list. All right, so I'll, I'll do my number four now, I guess. Um, so you already heard a little bit about it, but my number four is Vast the Mysterious Manor. It's higher on my list. Oh. <laughs> Should I not say it then? I mean, Nope, it's... you already said it. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, well, we, are, we already talked about it a little bit. But Vast Mysterious Manor, we, we played with Patrick Leader. Um, I really like games with uh, like variable player powers, and this mm-hmm. is just kind of that dialed up like to 11. You have sure. everybody in a different role that has completely different mechanics. 
um, which makes the game really, really hard to teach to new players. But <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's just a really fun system um, where everybody gets to do like really unique and really cool things, and you interact with the other players all and in a different way, and it's just a really, really good time. Um, this one isn't even like completely finished yet, but it was a really fun demo. Um, I played the the manor, but in the game there's a a paladin, a Someone plays the manor. I have to see if I can remember them all. Someone plays a what was it, your thing? Spider. It's a spider wizard thing. You switch between a spider and a sorcerer kind of yeah. deal. And then what was the last one? Skeletons. 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 Yeah. And then there's one more that we didn't play with, um, but I can't. I can't remember what it was. But it takes the place of a thief. So it does coordinate to Vasta Crystal Caverns. Um, okay. So yeah, I was hearing that, when you, can... you said skeletons, I was comparing that to like the trolls or the whatever. Goblins. The goblins, the goblins yeah. 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 So it's going to be really exciting. I'll I'll save my opinion on it till later, I guess. <laughs> okay. But... <laughs> yeah. But apparently, you're going to be able to. You can mix and match it. So all of the roles in Mysterious Manor match the colors of the roles in the Crystal Caverns. So instead of the nut playing. Crystal Caverns with the Knight, you can switch the Paladin over into that game. And it supposedly, uh, like, still will work all within so, that. So can you play the Manor in the cave? <laughs> the Manor versus the cave? I think you are limited to, <laughs> <laughs> to color. You replace the colors, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Good Makes effort, more though. sense. You Thanks. design your own game where you can do that. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> These two okay. just, like beings like a house and a cave <laughs> fighting <Yes>. it out <laughs> the cave needs to like envelop the house yeah. and the house has to like crawl out. i don't know i'm trying he's shaking his head at me nope. he told me he's <laughs> okay um, then so go ahead well i was just i'm ready to hear because i'm wanting oh. to see what your your tip was so i'm oh, like okay. is it number four is it number three well, you'll have to wait a little bit longer oh. because it is not my number four. My number four is Flip Ships by Renegade Games. Yeah. And this is one that I take a lot of pride in because um, <laughs> I was watching the Dice Towers Origins coverage and saw this and went to Eddie and said, oh, this is going to be great. Like, you, 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 take, you take cardboard and you flip it. And I did a very poor job of explaining that they're spaceships and that you're, you know, destroying cards. Um, and he did not seem impressed when he, I was first telling him about <laughs> it. It sounded really dumb. Like <laughs> cardboard. Yay. <laughs> yeah, so for, I'm assuming, um, a lot of people know about flip ships, but um, it's kind of a an analog um, version of Space Invaders. And so you are... You have your ships and you are trying to flick them and they land on spaceships that are being sent from the mothership. And um, so I knew that I was looking forward to this one. And um, it was Renegade Games was actually the first booth that we went straight to. And so we we picked up Clank in Space and then we picked up um, Flip Ships and um, we we bought it without even trying it. We just kind of knew we wanted it. And this was actually our first dexterity game as well. Um, so we were kind of going into new territory on that. Um, yes. But it has turned out to be one of the best purchases, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, we played it that first night when we got back to our Airbnb. We kind of left a little early just to get settled and, you know, rest well for the next day. And we played it that first night. And it mm -hmm. is like one of my favorite memories from the weekend because, <laughs> first of all, I found out I'm really terrible at dexterity games. <laughs> like, who knew Most flicking things are. would be so hard? <laughs> yeah, when you said that about them landing on the ships, I looked at Spencer and I mouthed, not always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um 
And so that night, just like playing, I mean, this is like the the cheesy married moment, but it was like, it just was a great time that I had like with Eddie that night. Like we played it on the floor because like we just had our little room in their house that we were using <laughs> as an Airbnb. And like, we were just like having a blast, like just goofing off. And, and we did not win the first game. I don't think we've ever won. We, we won one time. We won, we won the once. last okay. time we played and that was okay. it. Um, but it's just been great. And we've used it actually since then as, um, we, we host a college board game night, um, on Wednesdays at our, um, our alma mater. And, um, this has been a game that I've been able to pull out and introduce to some, some of the students who have come in and they're really apprehensive about games. They just think, you know, they're going to play Scrabble for four hours. Right. Um, but they come anyways and, and getting them to play flip ships was really exciting. Um, so it's a great gateway, I think, and. Yeah, just a really fun, exciting time. Yes. I agree with everything you're saying because I fell in love with it at Dice Tower Con, too. I love that game, and I want it so bad. Well, so (laughs) for everyone that knows and hasn't followed us on Twitter, it releases on my birthday. Wow. The day this podcast is going live. What? The 13th. In like two days. Yes. <laughs> From us recording this. So happy birthday. Oh, Yay! thank you. I um, <laughs> feel like we should sing, but you don't want me to sing to you, so. Are you sure? I mean, I would, I'd like anybody to sing to me. So. I mean, Eddie's a music teacher, so if he wants to sing it, he can sing it, but I think he's like glaring at me right now. <laughs> okay. I won't make you. You can make like you sing so, to me on my birthday. I won't make yes. you sing to me. Don't make me sing. Uh, no, you can you can send me a nice birthday tweet or something, whatever you want to do. Or, flip ships. or, or did, flip ships. There you go. I did send Laura a birthday tweet, so yes. I guess I'll do one for you too. Oh, that yes. would be nice. So, but yeah, I I will have. I've already spent some birthday money that I haven't even received yet <laughs> on, some, on some games. And, well, because he was trying to get ahead of Hurricane Irma. I was, and I wanted uh, them to arrive for my birthday, which looks like they will. They're going to arrive yeah. on my birthday. Yes, but, since he um, diligently checks the tracking every 20 minutes. That is not an exaggeration. <laughs> and, I know what that's like. <laughs> so um, I'll have to, I'm going to have to order this one uh, as soon as it, it releases. I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a pre-order kind of person. I'm just... Well, and how fun is it that the title, the way they did the artwork, that you could flip it over and it still yeah. says flip ships? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was actually, it's on our shelf and uh, I was staring at it in our living room at one point and I was like trying to figure out which side was actually the correct side and it's like <laughs> seamless. You can't even tell unless you like look at the way that other things are written. It's so cool. Yeah. They did a great job yeah. with it. But yeah, Lots of fun. I'm, I'm so glad you put that on your list because yeah. I love it too. And I loved your pictures because when I saw it, that's another one that I went, Spencer, look, they got flip ships. <laughs> they're playing. <laughs> con envy much, Laura? Yes, that was a hashtag con envy moment. <laughs> All right, number. those are great number fours. All right, so um, I'll go with number three, um, since it's already been taken, um, and that was uh, Mysterious Manor. Again, it was just a great experience overall. I I don't know what else to say. You've said everything <laughs> that was uh, that was good about it. Um, but we we've definitely been discussing even today as to whether we think we'll we'll get both of them and we've gone back and forth but i think we're we're leaning towards yeah, yeah we, probably. We've, we've got to add this one to our collection <laughs> I think as well i think that's really neat that um you know if as difficult as that is to come up with a game where you've got five vastly different you know <laughs> that was <laughs> accidental but five thousand points for me uh vastly different <laughs> player powers and then do it again you know, in mm-hmm. another setting, another theme, which I like the manor theme. That's a little bit more up my alley than, yeah, than the, than the cavern. Yeah. 
But yeah, yeah that's really cool. Yeah, apparently he's coming out with another one after that called what? Deep, which is set in space. I have no oh. idea, no, no idea what it's like, but that's what we were told. So okay, interesting. Grief, what will it be? A planet? Like what's yeah, gonna be or a moon? I, that's no I have moon. no idea. That's I'm excited though. Yeah. <laughs> well, All then right, Eddie, so, we need yours. Yep. So uh, my number three um, is a little bit of a technicality. I didn't really get to play test it because the demos for it were really really long we were there for like a good almost 45 minutes with no one in in front of us in line and we like had other things to go to we couldn't uh couldn't stick around forever but this is uh batman the board game by monolith games what yeah it's uh i'm really excited about this one uh i'm a huge batman fan we're both huge comic book fans we go every week pick up our our comics and uh yeah, Batman's my favorite, and this I for- is. B- I was just saying, I forgot that this was there. Yeah, yeah, I was really excited. Um, so this is it's basically the same system as Conan. Um, so you have like a one versus uh, one to three, I think, um, and this a sort of crystal system where you spend um, crystals to do different actions, and you can use it to move or throw batarangs or. Um, diffuse bombs and stuff like that and um rolling dice and it just looks like an absolutely awesome time and there are tons of characters we got to see a huge um display yeah display like set of it with bane and the joker and catwoman and killer croc and just everybody you could think of the riddler um and then of course batman and catwoman and um, Jason Todd were the. Uh, I think the you're just showing guys. off your ability you're, to name off Batman characters. <laughs> you're Jason Todd. Yeah, interesting yeah. choice there, huh? Yeah, I thought so too. I was kind of surprised to see Red Hood in, as like one of the like good guy uh-huh. options, but you know, it, it looks like a really sweet game. I guess if you're um, gonna do a Batman game, you've got to just like go all in. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of all in, sorry, Laura, this is what I have to back on Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. When she said the title, I was like, and that's why the line was so long. <laughs> Laura, we'll start a, uh, a support group for wives of Batman lovers. So that yeah. way we can like cope through this process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't even go up on Kickstarter until February. So it's going to be like a really long time before this one comes out, but... Um, yeah, I'm. Well, I'm eagerly awaiting it. It'll probably be really long because wasn't the wait for the Conan board game really long after the Kickstarter? Yeah, something like that. I'm not too sure, but yeah. I, it wouldn't well, surprise me. I'm gonna save my Christmas money. For that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're doing a good job of building up the hype. Oh, they are. They're doing a great job. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you got to at least take a peek Get and a gander. Yeah, yeah. really yep. cool. Awesome. All right, so it's my turn again. Uh, my number two uh, was Twilight Imperium 4 by Fantasy Flight. Um, this was a really cool, like, both experience and just game in general. So um, Twilight Imperium 4 got announced the week of Gen Con, and I we neither of us had ever played any of the other Twilight Imperiums, Twilight Imperium 3, and it looks like a game that we would enjoy and uh, like spoiler it was but um <laughs> i i was like oh that'd be really cool and we didn't know it was going to even be at gen con and we got there and we're like wow they're like selling it already that's crazy um 
And so it was one of those things where like, well, there's there's no chance that we'll get a copy. Like they were selling tickets like you had to wait in line and then buy a ticket to be able to even like buy the game. And we were yeah, like we weren't interested in like waiting in a line for like an hour and a half to then later wait in another line to like (laughs) buy the game. So we were just like, oh, yeah, like maybe we'll we'll like find somebody that has one and, and play it. Well, um, we found out that they were selling any extras that they had on Saturday. And so we were like, well, maybe if we get there early on Saturday, like they'll have some. I don't even know if we want to try to do that. Like we're going to have to push through a whole bunch of people. So Saturday rolls around and we're like, there are like thousands of people like ahead of us in front <laughs> of the door. And we're like, okay, there's like, there's a 0% chance that we get in there uh, in time. So we walk in and they have the, the Twilight Imperium 4 demo table is like near the fantasy flight booth and there was nobody there. So we're like, Oh, we could at least like sit down and see if we would like it. And we had this like awesome older gentleman who like clearly loved the game. Um, basically just explain how a whole round of it worked. And it was a good like 20 minutes, 30 minutes of a demo of us and five other people. And, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, this game looks really good. And I was like, maybe, maybe we should just see if we can get one like the line at the fantasy flight booth has gone way down maybe we can just check it out and so we waited in line and we got to the very front and sure enough there were like a hundred copies of it left like they found another pallet in the back somewhere and they're like oh we gotta (laughs) sell these they brought them out and so we 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 bought it right then and there it was kind of like the biggest impulse purchase of the (laughs) god like yeah we like I mean, we had talked about it, and of course, you go into things with a budget, and that game was quite a chunk, chunk out of, of that. Yeah. But you know, we just kind of—I did have to say, like, as a good wife, I was like, I absolutely will play this game with you, <laughs> and I think we'll have a good time. But I have to put the rule on it: we have to try and play this game at least once a quarter to like justify this expense <laughs> yeah. for a while. Like, I don't want it to be a game that like we get for the novelty of it. Yeah, um, so true. Nice. So, was that your number two? Yeah, blo- I'm losing track. Number two. All right, number two. Um, so mine was Unearth from Brotherwise Games. Um, this was a game that I had seen a little bit online. Um, I'd heard a little bit about, but I just, it wasn't on our list to check out, really. Um, we walked by the booth a couple times, and it was always packed. Um, but one evening when we got together um, with Jeff and Rose, um, they talked about how excited they were for it. So I think on Saturday, um, we got a chance to the, – the demo tables weren't quite as crowded. So we, we hung around and got to sit down for it. And this is um, – this game is the exception to my list of – it does not make it on there for the experience of the demo. The demo was very cut and dry. There wasn't <laughs> anything memorable about the actual demo except for that the game was just fantastic. Wow. Um, so what type of game is this? I've seen pictures, and it looks fantastic, but I don't really know anything about the gameplay. Uh, so it's it's interesting. It's got, like, Minecraft-like art, and it, uh, essentially what you're doing is um, there are a couple different ruins cards uh, out on the front of the table, in the middle of the table, and you get points at the end of the game for having sets of matching ruin cards, and each ruin has a different number on it, that um, is the number it takes to break that ruin. Everybody has a set of five dice. So you have a D4, three D6s, and a D8. And so on your turn, you choose which ruin uh, you're going to be like delving in, and you choose a dice that you're going to roll, and you roll it. And whatever you number you roll, you then take that dice and put it on that card. 
And then as soon as the dice amassed on that card uh, exceed the number on the card, um, whoever has the highest die roll on that card gets to take the card. And then anybody else that had dice on there get like two uh, like consolation action, like bonus cards. Um, and then if you roll a one to a three, you get a stone which you can use the stones to build kind of like a shrine thing if you collect six of them. And the shrines just give you extra points. So I know that was really in-depth. But basically, it's really cool because um, there are situations where you want to roll really low numbers and other situations where you want to roll really high numbers. So sometimes, like, your D4 is your best dice and other times, like, your D8 is your best dice. Um, So there's a lot of really interesting decisions going on, and I think it was really fun. Very interesting. That sounds... That's very neat. Yeah, I like it. I think it sounds like something that's right up your alley, Laura. Yeah, me it too. sounds like fun. Yeah, it was It was really exciting. Um, And so, again, like, <clears throat> poor Jeff and Rose, I feel really bad because this was a game that we didn't set out to get <laughs> and they wanted it. And so they were sent, uh, They were selling their last um, kind of set of copies on Sunday and Jeff and Rose didn't get one, but we did get one. <laughs> oh. um, it was really sad. Um, so I feel bad every time I play it because I'm like, they don't have this. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Sorry, um, Jeff and Rose, I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> just, yeah, awkward moment. Um, but we, again, it was it was one of those things where eh, we may not get it because we just heard so much buzz about it um, there. And the booth was at the back of the exhibit hall. And so we were just like, all right, I'll meet you there if we get separated. But, you know, we're, we also didn't like... It was like, if we get it, we get it. If it doesn't, it's not a big deal. Um, but it was actually a rather casual stroll back there and into the line. And they were just like an efficient machine. Just like, mm-hmm. do you have cash? Here's your copy. Do you have a card? Okay, wait here. And um, they even had the designers right there um, waiting. And as soon as you got your copy, you could just rip the shrink off and they signed it for you. And so we have a, cop- a signed copy of that. And that's wow. that's, that's awesome. really cool. Um so it's definitely one that we've pulled out quite a bit, even since just coming yeah. home, you know, a month ago with it. So, yeah, that was my number two, Unearth. Very cool. Looking forward to giving that one a try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my number one. All right, Laura. Mm-hmm. Here you come. Okay. All right. Uh, sound effects, hopefully, were part of that. Um, <laughs> my number one was Wartime from WizKids. And... Um, this was also one of my most memorable experiences, um, going back to your question, Spencer. Okay. Um, so this is a two-player, um, real-time war game. Mm. Um, and if I had been told probably when I sat down, okay, this is a war game, I would have been like, okay, I, I don't actually want to sit here for this because I don't, <laughs> like, classify myself as a war gamer. Um, it does not appeal to me at all. Um, but... The real-time element, it turns out I really enjoy that. And so what what's happening is you have um, – it's a two-player game. One side plays – what's the name of it? I'm blanking on the names. Oh, it is uh, the Valiance Army and the, the bad guys. And the bad guys. There you go. <laughs> the good guys and the bad guys. Um, and so the good guys have um, things like archers and different basic Firebrand um, units. Army. Firebrand Army, thank you. Um, And so you each have different types of units, and they have hit points, and those are um, denoted by actual, like, chips that are on a stand. Um, 
And so you each have a certain amount of them, but what makes it really interesting is you have sand timers and you are not allowed to, like, those are pretty much your actions. And so when you move a, an element of your army, you flip a sand, time over, sand timer over and that unit can then not be used until that sand timer is completely exhausted. Um, wow. And I think you have a 30 second, you have. You have one 30 second timer and two 60 second timers. Okay. Yep. Um, and so you're, you're, you have to be really strategic of like, wait, I need to make this move within this timing and they've already turned this one over and it's truly chaotic. And if you <laughs> don't enjoy real-time games, just don't go near it because it can be super <laughs> stressful. But one of the things that made it um, exciting was that really we walked up to the booth. We, we That day we really just wanted to demo games and we had kind of made a pact of like, okay, if something looks even remotely good, we're going to sit down and try it. And that was one of them. And so... Uh, the guy who was demoing it for us actually was one of the developers, Christopher Parks. Um, and the poor guy, I think he was in the middle of a, like, he was on hold for a phone call, but, like, he saw us looking at it and, like, made it possible. Like, he, as long as we were patient with him, he was patient with us. And, like, while he was taking his phone call, like, he taught us how to play. And every game is um, exactly 10 minutes. It's kind of that escape feel. Mm, um, mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, we just played it. And came out of it, like, grinning ear to ear and laughing and having a fantastic time. And, like, that, to me, embodied, like, why I love to play board games. Like, it was a two-player yeah. game. He he lost. And that made me really happy, too. <laughs> There's, um, like, a theme going here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Clearly, Morgan gets more excited about games. She wins. It's it's a problem. I'm working on it. Um, it's, it's an emotional problem. <laughs> I take things way too personally. Anyways, we had a fantastic time. And... Um, it was one of those games that, you know, it, we had a great time playing it. And then once we found out he developed it, that was just really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and we kind of looked at each other as we were walking it away and we were like, should we get it? And I would like, I think we were both a little nervous cause it was like, are we just on a high? Like we played this really like fast real time game and we had a good time, but is this going to uphold? Well, we just said, tech with it we're gonna buy it and so we bought it um and again like walked away from the experience like my adrenaline was pumping but it was just like this is what board gaming should be about is just like yeah. having fun and seeing you know the fruits of your labor and, and getting better at it and so anyways um the best part was when we came home and played it, and it was still as good as when we yeah. played it at the con. Yep. Um, again, because I was a little nervous after, like, we got home that night, and it was like, okay, well, is it going to be as good? Or did we just, you know, again, get on a high? But no, it it really held up. Um, and it it's definitely one. It's really neat. It, it has campaigns, so you can play, like, a one-off, you know, 10-minute thing, Scenario, and you just set it up yeah. and go. Or you can play scenarios. Um and so there's different wind conditions and, and things like that. Um, so we are working on playing through those. Um, maybe we can get back to you sometime with that. But um, it was it was by far my my most memorable moment um, from the whole con. Well, Laura over here is about to faint. I'm dead. Like, <laughs> this was the best. A, just because of your story of it. And B, because this game sounds amazing. And oh, I haven't good. heard of it. And I want it. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing is like, I had seen, I think, in an unboxing video, um, Tom Vassell on the Dice Tower open it up, and I had seen it and, of course, didn't think much about it. Um, so it was kind of like that hidden gem for me, too, of like, oh, I didn't expect to love uh, this game, and it just became... Are, 
Aren't those the best? Yeah. Yeah. You just Absolutely. go in, I'll play this, and then you're just blown away. That yeah. that sounds like a blast. That's we really love cool. we love us some real time games, and you know that that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a two player, which is like exactly what you yes. all. That's your mantra. So yes, exactly. That's why I'm like Spencer. Well, and I think you know <laughs> from, from the way you describe it, it almost sounds like you get so into it that you don't ever you don't have those feelings of. I don't want to be too mean or, mm-hmm. you know, I I don't want to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, we haven't really ever played a real-time game that's competitive. That's true. Uh, yeah. That's true. And it, it's kind of nice, too, because I think, especially with war games, like, they become very heady and strategic. And with this, it's like, you just have to make a decision because, yep. like, time is of the essence. It's like, you you could not even make, you could make a poor move, but, like, just timing-wise, you could, you know... You could fix it. You and don't have time to think about it. You don't have time to regret your decisions either. It's just like... Let's see. Um, yeah, and That's I've seen really some cool. complaints online of like, well, but then you just get to a place of like sitting and staring at each other. But like, I don't know, that doesn't seem to bother us. We're just kind of like, who can like ready our fingers fast enough to flip <laughs> yes. the sand timer back over? That sounds so. great. Yeah. Let's see. Do I have enough birthday money for flip ships and, <laughs> uh, and this one? Maybe. This, this list is, called... is becoming Spencer's top five birthday wish list. <laughs> yes, it uh-huh. is. And what is that one called again? This is Wartime from WizKids. Wartime. Wartime. All right. Okay. We'll definitely check that one out. Yeah, it's a All right. name. All right, Eddie, the state, or the, uh, you've got a tough act to follow. Yeah, so, my, uh, uh, my number one is not as heartfelt of a story, but it's still, <laughs> still a pretty good game. Uh, my number one is Clank in Space by Renegade Games. That was the one of the first games we bought right when we got to Gen Con, um, but we didn't actually get a chance to play it until uh, we got home, and it was definitely worth it it's one of my favorite games uh that we have in the collection right now um but i think they made a few changes from the original clank and i think they all made the game much much better um the you have these um like in addition to having to get in and steal an artifact you have these computer command cubes that you have to enter into two different computer terminals on the board um, which I think helped to make the game just a little bit longer. I think original Clank um, had, you know, if you have someone who goes in and grabs the first artifact and just runs out as quickly as possible, it kind of feels bad and puts everybody on, like, a really short timer. And then they're they're also done really early, and then everyone else has to finish for the next couple turns. Um, this one, with that added objective, um, it kind of forces you to explore the board more. And then as a result of that, the artifacts, I think, are a little bit closer. So I think it's just a little bit more tempting. You're like, well, I could get this five-point artifact, but I could just get that 15.1 next turn. Um, and and so then when you get to the 15 one, I could just get to the 30, like two yeah, more Yeah, I think it, it just tempts you a little bit more. Um, and now, anytime a player escapes or dies they become Lord Eradicus, who's like the big robot who's attacking everybody. So they become an attack. So instead of it being on like a, I think in Clank, when you, whenever you got out, the rest of the players had four turns to finish and mm-hmm. get out. Yeah. Um, in this, you have unlimited turns, but you're being attacked an additional time for every <laughs> player that's out. So it feels like a more like organic kind of timer. And it's, it's kind of risky because sometimes you, you can get out. Like we played... Um, with my father-in-law last week and he went all the way in and grabbed like the biggest artifact and I was like there is no chance he's getting out 
And he, like, just in, like, three turns just, like, cleared the whole board and <laughs> came out and had, like, more than twice our both of our scores. It was nuts. <sighs> so I, I think it's just absolutely fantastic. I'm really happy with the changes they made. And um, all of the cards are, like, parodies of other science fiction elements. And I just think that's that's great. I love when a new card comes out of the deck just trying to figure out what they're referencing there. Because I can get most of them, but there are a few that I know are from some movie or some book, but I can't quite place my finger on it. So I really enjoy that aspect of it. So my question about this game has been, which I, I really like Clank, but the one thing that that kind of ha- keeps me from playing it more often is that the first part of the game, it takes a while for everything to really get going. Does that, is that kind of, you know, accounted for in this? Is Do you find that it's easier to kind of build your deck a little bit quicker or is it still got the same pace at the beginning um it it definitely is slower at the beginning i don't know i i only played uh clank that one time and that That's was true a couple months ago um but it is definitely uh, like on par i would say with most deck builders and that it's like fairly slow to ramp up but once it does it 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 gets going pretty quickly um yeah i don't know you have anything well i was okay with clank i think laura you had a similar experience mm-hmm. um it wasn't that it was bad. Um, deck builders for me can be a slow start because I want to understand the entirety of what's available to me. And deck builders, when you first play them, you don't know all the cards that are going to come up or what's going to be possible. Um, so, of course, that experience for me was a little um, just slow. I wasn't that impressed with it. I knew it was on his wish list. Um so I was like, well, I know inevitably this is going to end up in our collection and I better be happy with it because he's going to want to play it and I like to play games with him. So, um, but this game has gone to the top of my list. Like I enjoyed this better than Clank. Wow. Um, and I will gladly play this more. And I've, um, I feel that the, I don't know, I can't, I'm not as good at like explaining the technical things as Eddie is, but um, <laughs> I feel like this gets going a little more smoothly and like that engine just feels more smooth it doesn't feel like it gets caught up in things i think you just have a few more options too like you have like the variable the the variable board and then um things like teleporters that help you jump around the board quickly and you can kind of plan on using those kinds of things and i think if i remember the original clank board the you didn't run into secrets or like those other abilities and things benefits as early Um, and so and then they have like um, a credit system and you can buy things and it just felt like i guess some people might not enjoy that there's more things to do and more things to pick from but i really enjoyed that of there are plenty of ways to get points every credit transfers into a point every one of these things and so um i don't know i i am definitely glad this one's in our collection and not clank and i'm glad that we had somehow delayed buying the original clank and ended up with Clank in Space. Well, I think I would agree with you on that, that I I, I want to go explore more too whenever we play Clank, but there's always an, another player that <laughs> yeah. is like getting get out. And I'm like, but I want to go and look around and you are the one who is making me have to rush out. Now, you know, how I feel, now you know how we feel when we play near and far. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to explore and do all the stories. Yeah, and he you wants to go do the up. stories and I'm like, tent, 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 tent. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that computer um, 
what were you calling it? Like Sorry. the computer command code. Like that slows things to... down a little bit. Like yeah. that, it, I like that. It just gives yeah. a, a better tempo of like, even if somebody gets, you know, those movement cards out of their deck really fast and they end up in those modules faster, they still have to cycle around because you have to put those cubes in different parts of the board. It can't even be like, oh, you just get to the first two that are closest. It's like everybody's got to go through that process and it yeah. just, you can catch up, I think, a little bit more. And again, like he said, it's, you can have time to get out. It's not like, okay, everything, you're just going to immediately die if yeah. mm-hmm. somebody gets out before you do. No, you're pushing your luck and there's a good chance you could die, but it's possible to get out with your <laughs> artifact and, and still possibly win the game. Well, I guess we're going to have to trade in our Clank for Clank in Space. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. yeah. But i that's a good review, you yeah, guys. Definitely. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that poof, that was an awesome list. It's a very good list. That was excellent. Yes. All around, this has been wonderful hmm. having you guys on the show. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks Absolutely. for having us. We're, we're super honored. I mean, I, we love listening to you guys. So to be on the show and actually get to chat about things is really exciting. Yes, well... This has been really fun. Yes, um, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to get together at a con sometime uh, and meet. Uh, But for the time being, this is about all the time we have left for the show. Um, You've already given your contact information, and um, we'll put ours, or we'll put it in the show notes, like I said. But, uh, Laura, why don't we go ahead and give ours, if anybody has any thing to say to us or if you went to gen con and want to share some of your experiences or what your top game you played was how do you do that laura yes we would love to hear from you guys if you could tweet to us at married with bg and um, we're also on facebook.com slash married with bg we have an email address married with bg at gmail.com and you can um, find that all on our website married with bg.com excellent i don't have anything else do you have anything else um, I don't think so. Eddie, That's do you have anything else? No, I'm good. <laughs> what about you, Morgan? <laughs> um, no, I'm good too. Well, since nobody has anything else to say, this has been episode 26 of the Married with Board Games podcast. I'm Spencer. I'm Laura. I'm Eddie. And I'm Morgan. Thank you so much for listening.